You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Uh, we are officially into uh, lying season, I believe they call it. Uh, agents lying, uh, posts that you'll see on the web. Uh, not a whole lot of truth telling right now, whether it's college prospects, uh, free agency as we get rolling here. The tag window is open officially. We were recording here on Wednesday. I believe the tag window opened yesterday, the day before. Um, no one's been tagged yet, but uh, we'll talk a little bit about guys that, you know, have that hanging over their head, potential tags, and uh, guys that uh, definitely will not be tagged for one reason or another. Uh, so uh, for Alex and myself, you know, our respective teams played in the Super Bowl, so we're, we're kind of coming into the party a little bit later teams that kind of go out beforehand. And I can certainly recall this for many, many years where our uh, off season, if you would uh, start started a little earlier, like maybe even before the season was over. So whether you are roster shaping, building, sculpting, creating, whatever stage you're in, this is an exciting time of year. So Alex, uh, what are you looking forward to? A lot of potential tags out there. Uh, we typically get like six or seven. I don't know, man. You think you think it's you think that the franchise tag is still working? I think it's still working for those teams that want to keep their their star for another you know season or two. Maybe even if they don't get that the extension that they're looking for. I mean, like the Baltimore Ravens, low like. Justin Mudubike, right? I mean, he he had a career year this year. I mean, every year he has improved, but this year the defensive cha- tackle just took his his game to another level. I think the Ravens should, you know, look to keep him, and I think the franchise tag is the way to go. I think it will cost him about what? I was looking at like twenty one million uh, or so. Uh, he's twenty six, twenty six. Six years old, uh, looks like projected 19.7 million. They've also got Patrick Queen, but uh, typically your uh, defensive lineman that can rush the passer. Now, again, he had a breakout year. I know you've always talked about the, the college guys that have one big season of production. You're, you're kind of iffy on them. Uh, do you see this moving forward for Matt Abuike? Like he's, he's still an ascending player. I do think he's an ascending player because he has gotten better every year. I, I realized that there was a jump in his sack numbers and pressure this year, but I, I thought he was a good player to begin with, even when this year started. Obviously, he wasn't going to get this type of cash before his like breakout, but I thought he was a good player before this. I thought he was a key player for the Ravens' defensive line. And I, I think you you got it right. I mean, obviously, you're going to take – a defensive lineman over a linebacker any day, especially when, you know, you've got Roquan Smith there as well. So I think Patrick Queen is most likely a goner. He's going to be playing on another team. Yeah, and you get, like, right at the top of the list, and again, you know, you can accuse me of being a homer, but i got to believe Chris Jones is right at the top of everybody's list. Uh, his tag would be, like, $32 million. I don't see the Chiefs doing that. Uh, especially when you got uh, Legereus Sneed, his tag would be like 18. So I guess just looking at the math tells you. Uh, now again, Chris Jones is a little bit older, but he's kind. Of, he's the closer. He's the defensive closer. And if you have an inside defensive lineman that can rush the passer, you know that's you know th- there's not a lot of those guys hanging around. You're not going to replace Chris Jones. So. Uh, I love Legereus Need. If they had to make a choice to one or the other, I think I think you got to go with Chris Jones, especially you know as well as they've uh, drafted defensive backs over the last few years. But I think you know he would he would be right at the top of the list of anybody's free free agents right now. Uh, 
You got a guy like Kirk Cousins. I mean, there's no franchise tag coming there. Um, Josh Allen, you know, he's another one. He's only 27 years old. A little bit of a, you know, he's been consistent in terms of sacking the quarterback. Uh, Obviously, we're talking about that Josh Allen in Jacksonville, not the other. But, you know, you're looking at like around $22 million. And for Jacksonville, you know, he's a drafted player. Uh, and that's and that's what the franchise tag is for, right? I mean, you you draft a guy, you develop him, you want to keep him. Now the players, I would hate it. I mean, it's just and and I don't think the teams especially like using it because you really can't spread that money at all, you know, over the life of a contract. That's a one time, and it's a direct hit to that salary cap this year. So I, I think Josh Allen certainly is is in line as well. Well, I think the reason why he's in line is I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have a history of giving franchise tags to their players. It seems to be, you know, a trend, even the last couple of years with bulky and stuff like that. So I think it makes sense for them to tag him and then try to work out a long-term deal, which I think they want to get because another player that um, took his game to another level in terms of sacks and becoming even more of a force, like off the edge. So, uh, I mean, it's hard to find these guys, Lou. I mean, we talk about it like Chris yeah, Jones, Chris Jones, Madubike, like, you know, uh, you know, here you talk about Josh Allen. It's just, it really is tough to, to find these pass rushers, guys that can get after the quarterback. I think you can find like wide receivers. You can find cornerbacks, even though I think that, the Chiefs will most likely tag LeJarius Sneed, in my opinion, instead of Chris Jones. Because they know yeah. that at least Jones is going to come at a cheaper option. It's going to cost them a little less to get the long-term deal done. And I, I, even though they have some guys at the cornerback position, but I do think that the, the Chiefs rely on those corners so much now, especially with, with how the defense played this year. Yeah, and and that's the other thing. I mean, they've they've done a really good job and, and hit on a bunch of guys. So I don't know. Uh, again, I'm gonna you're gonna I'm gonna plug our uh, four guys in a bar at Chiefs Blitz uh, podcast that we do on YouTube for those of you that are interested. But uh, we talked a lot about this uh, on the early week show uh, yesterday. That you know, if it's an either or, yeah, I think it's I think. Actually, it is a no-brainer, Chris Jones, if if it comes down to that. Now, depending on that, that contract and you know moving some money, they might be able to keep both of them. You know, maybe they get Snead on, on a longer-term deal, but uh, yeah, I mean, he had the best year of his career. I mean, again, the, the contract here goes undefeated. Uh, he's, I don't know, arguably you know, in the top three corners in the league now, you'd have to say so. And again, those guys don't grow on trees. So a lot of money there. Going back to the pass rushers, I got to believe, you know, Carolina's Brian Burns, again, drafted, you know, young guy, pass rusher. They've been talking about him a lot in trades. We don't, in the, in the past, I don't know about this off season or if that's even come up yet, but you know, that's a guy that certainly would be, you know, a huge candidate for the franchise tag if they can't, if they can't get them you know, to a long-term deal. Um, one of the more interesting ones to me uh, is going to be how the Bengals handle these young receivers. T Higgins right now is 20, he's only 25 years old. And you can tag him again with the wide receiver tag. I think it's 21.6. Again, that's projected. They haven't said what the cap's going to be, but that this is going to be close to that amount. Um, seems like a no brainer. You do that. Hopefully you get a long-term deal or depending on what they have to pay Jamar Chase the following year, it, they may have to just be another, just kind of like a one year extension here for T and then let him go. So he's certainly uh, a candidate for that. But how do you see this whole Bengals thing shaking out? Because I don't think there's any way you could have two top of market wide receivers on the same team when your quarterbacks at, you know, $50 million a year. Well, you know, they're going to keep Joe Burrow's best friend and that's Jamar Chase, right? 
it's not going to be T. Higgins for the long run, especially with Higgins coming off his lowest input this past year. I mean, I'm looking at his stats, like 42 receptions, 656 yards, five touchdowns. He only played in 12 games. So, I mean, he did experience injuries this year. In 2021 and 2022, he was a very good wide receiver. He played, you know, second fiddle to Jamar Chase and, and put up huge numbers with Joe Burrow being healthy. But I I don't think there's any way you can commit to the wide receiver position that much money over the long haul. Especially the the Bengals have hit on wide receivers. They they've got Chase with the you know top five overall pick. They got like Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins on day two. I, I think they're confident that they can find another guy in the second or third round. So maybe you franchise tag him, but it's only going to be for a year, and then you most likely let him go. I also think an intriguing situation is with Michael Pittman Jr., with the Colts, because the year that he had, he had a coming-out party, and he became the number one wide receiver in his contract year, you can say. So I think that's going to be an intriguing part. Like, can the Colts keep him? Because his tag is going to be close to like twenty one million, so that's a lot of money for yeah. a guy. Well, I mean, they're really they're really not paying anyone else. I mean, there's not like I mean, I, I guess Buckner makes a, a decent amount of money. Uh, they got rid of Shaq Leonard. They, you've got a few guys making money. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor got his extension, but yeah, Pittman, twenty six years old. They really don't have a deep receiving cast. I mean, our guy Alec Pierce is there. He's going into his. It will be his third year, I believe. Um, Josh Downs, but they really don't have much at receiver. So, I mean, if you got a young quarterback, hopefully he'll be healthy coming into next season. Anthony Richardson, you want to have a guy, you know, that you saw what happened to Bryce Young in Carolina. He had no, but I mean, I'll do respect to Adam Thielen. He's not a number one receiver in this league, especially at his advanced age where he's at like 32 whatever he is and he's been a great player and still was a great player last year but he's not going to carry your receiver room he's a good complimentary piece so now all of a sudden if they can't reach a deal with Pitt then you all I think you almost have to franchise him don't you I guess you have to because you're you're not sure that Downs or Pierce can can become the that number one target especially again you mentioned with the young quarterback coming back, you need to have as much weapons as around around him as possible. You brought Jonathan Taylor back, so I mean, <clears throat> Pittman did it go over like a thousand yards. I think he had like ninety plus receptions. So I think you have to keep him. You have to. I mean, that's it's a must. I think one of the most intriguing players that you and I haven't talked about, in my opinion, maybe even the number one guy here, is the Chicago Bears cornerback, Lou. Jalen Johnson, because he's only 24 years old, and they haven't worked out the long-term deal with him. They've actually had a lot of discussions, and it seems like they haven't come to terms. They almost have to tag him because they've got like over $60 in cap space. Well, the Bears do. I just think that you can't afford to not keep one of your best players on the team, just period. Forget about offense, defense. I mean, he's one of the leaders, and, and he's young. So you got to lock him up, like, for the next five or six years. Yeah. Well, plus, you've got two, I mean, the number one pick and the number nine pick. So you're going to have some money tied up there, as well as, I would imagine, they want to be buyers, you know, in the free agent market as well. The last thing they want, you know, is that franchise tag. But if you have to, yeah, you definitely don't want it you know, him, you know, leaving the building, young guy, again, you drafted him, you develop him, and you hate to just like do that. I mean, just basically draft and develop for other teams. You want to keep, you want to keep these guys, you know, if you got a young core of players and that defense really uh, came together, you know, once I think Eberflus took over the defense and started calling the signals, they kind of figured out who they were and they were pretty damn good the second half of the year, I thought. And this is one of the, one of the leaders back there. Uh, they cut, uh, I believe, who they they cut Freddie Jackson or Eddie Jackson. They they cut along with Cody Whitehair to create even more cap space. So 
yeah, I think they're obviously Ryan Poles is thinking the same thing that you are is we've got to figure out a way, you know, we can resign this guy. I don't think there's any other wide receivers that really, you know, would be in the running for that tag. Mike Evans is, you know, just his age and so forth. So I think that ship may have sailed. He'll be on his way. Uh, we talked about uh, pass rushers. I'm trying to think, was there anybody else? You know, kind of an running backs. I, I think shot. I think running backs are going to be let go by their current team. I just I can't anticipate. Yeah, like, that's. I, yeah, I can't anticipate the, like hard. The running back market is just going to continue to get worse. Yeah, Sarah, I just think like guys like guys like Austin for Eckler. the for the play for the player. There's plenty. There's plenty. There's plenty out there and plenty of talent, and I think that's the problem. And yeah, so Saquon, I don't, I don't see the Giants doing that again. Certainly, you know, the Chargers aren't going to do that, like you said, with uh, with Eckler. You know, Jacobs with the Raiders, maybe, but they again, they already did it once, so now it's an even bigger number. Henry's gone. I think uh, Pollard is also going to be a goner. With the Cowboys there, yeah, I don't know that them doing they, that. I don't think they tag him, especially. I don't know what the deal, what happened there this year. Um, now again, sometimes we we do get drunk on these guys that come in and are fairly uh, productive, fantasy wise, if you would, as kind of that second banana that, and you thinking, well, geez, if he just had, if he just got more carries. Sometimes it just doesn't work that way. Not everybody's built to be that bell cow number one guy that, you know, now all of a sudden he's a change up and he's able to kind of, you know, manipulate defenses and, and do things where now all of a sudden he's the lead guy. It's just not the same. And that offensive line has kind of declined a little bit over the years. Now, again, not completely on them, but yeah, Tony Pollard, again, be a great second banana. I, I, I hope he and his agent realized that. But again, at his age, any of these running backs, they'd be lucky to get, you know, maybe one year deals, four or five million, I think tops. Uh, Saquon might get a little more somewhere, but probably not. I mean, again, 27 years old and it's like, ah, he's getting up there. So uh, yeah, the running back position is not, uh, not a good place to be. If you're, if you're the player, there's opportunities, but the, the opportunities to make money are, are quite as great. Um, so there was another edge rusher that I thought, well, actually a couple of them, uh, uh, Bryce Huff from the jets, who's been kind of like an up and coming player Again, 26 years old. I, again, I have to double check this. I, I think he's unrestricted, but I, he would certainly be a, a uh, candidate for a tag. And then another guy, uh, and again, it is Houston, and got, you probably, you know, not a lot of people have heard of him, but Jonathan Grenard, who's been, again, an up and coming player, playing on the other side of Anderson, the rookie this year. Uh, had a really good season and actually the last couple of years and, and given their cap situation, they can probably deal with it. So he may be one of those kind of under the radar, uh, you know, franchise tag guys. I don't know. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, again, breakout guys, uh, with, with Huff and Grenard. I mean, both guys had career years and, I think it would be wise for them to stay with their current team. I mean, wise, that that doesn't always happen, but it it would be good for these guys to just continue because it seems like they've found their their system, you know, their guys, uh, players, coaches that believe in them. I also think, like, we, we didn't talk about Leonard Williams, right, or Christian Wilkins, yeah. right? Inside, yeah, two I mean, inside, inside guys. guys yeah. Because, I mean, the Seahawks gave up a second-round pick for Leonard Williams, okay? And he he was pretty good. Like in ten games, I'm looking at his statistics: four sacks, 32 pressures, 11 quarterback hits. But it is a lot of money to commit to a guy, especially knowing that you got to bring Jordan Brooks back. I mean, and and the Seahawks like to have those linebackers in the middle that can be a force for them. Like you know, for well, ten now, years, yeah, you, they've had those. You guys. got you got you got Mike McDonald up, so is it, the defense is going to be a little bit different. So I, I, I get Schneider is still there, but, you know, with the new 
coaching staff, they may be looking at things a little bit differently. Yeah, they make that deal. And it was, I guess, kind of a rental because they didn't, you know, he didn't get an extension right away in terms of Leonard Williams. Uh, but I mean, obviously he doesn't, you know, he, he's a great defensive coach. He doesn't want, you're not going to let talent walk out the building, but uh, yeah, that's it. That, that is a really, really big number. Um, Wilkins, uh, hey, he's still fairly 28 years old centerpiece of that um, Dolphins defense. Now, you know, Fangio's gone. Uh, um, do, do you recall who's the, who's the new DC there? They brought somebody in. They're one of the 17, I think, that changed their defensive coordinators. The name escapes me right now. But, again, you got a new, new coaching staff, so maybe that plays into it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, certainly Christian Wilkins is a guy that, uh, you know, he's got to be a, a top 10 or 15 free agent on the market, you'd have to believe, right? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, and the Dolphins have a lot of uh, pieces that they have to bring back. I mean, Wilkins isn't the only guy. They've got a couple of nope. guys on the offensive line, like Robert Hunt and Connor Williams. You know, they've got like Andrew Van Ginkle, you know, the pass rusher. And by the way, I looked it up, had to look it up. Anthony Weaver is the new defensive okay, right. coordinator he, for right. the Dolphins. He was... And he was another guy coming from the Ravens defense. So, so again, yeah, that those inside guys, run stuffing guys, that, that's a, that's a big deal. So certainly Christian Wilkins, I'm sure uh, if Anthony Weaver has anything to say about it, they're going to try to keep him. Now here's one that's just I'm going to throw out there just to kind of get Alex going right now, and I, and I, and I'm warning you on this one that this is why I'm doing it because otherwise I think you're 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 coming for my head. <laughs> <laughs> How about the Arizona Cardinals and Hollywood Brown? I'm just going to be silent on this. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't think I should comment this. I mean, Hollywood Brown, wherever he has been, he's been a disappointment. I had to throw. I had to throw. Is, is it is it his <laughs> fault? Is it his fault that he was drafted that early? I mean, maybe the the whole thing with Antonio Brown being his cousin, him making the the highlight real plays at Oklahoma, being the deep threat. I mean, teams always love those speedy guys, guys that can stretch the field. But my God, I mean, he, he didn't. He hasn't turned into like a Deshaun Jackson type of player he doesn't scare you when he's out there he's just he produces once in a while but you know he's hurt and he just you don't know what you're gonna get so I think Brown is definitely going to be looking for for another team that or you know if they they'll maybe they try to resign and let him go to market a lot of these guys they let them go to market and then they realize that you know one the grass isn't always green and there's not a bunch of people out there you know lining up to, to pay him plus uh, truthfully i mean lou as you look at the draft right now okay as we look at it like the top three teams are really in in a huge need at, at a quarterback position so right. i believe that it's going to be one two three and that right. means they're going to the have their they're going to have their choice and that means yeah. the cardinals will take the best player in this draft and that's marvin harrison jr so if you can walk away with the number fourth overall pick as my number one overall player in this draft, like Calvin Johnson-esque type of player, okay, I'm putting it out there. I just think that uh, the Cardinals will take that. I mean, he is going to be the go-to guy for Kyler Murray. So that makes Marquise Brown expendable. Yeah, and because I think, I mean, you look at, I've got a list maybe about, 12 or 15 wide receivers that can go in, in the top two rounds in the draft. And that's not to say that this is where your pro personnel college, college scouting has to kind of, they got to work hand in glove and kind of rank, you know, throw the free agents in there with the draftees. And if you think that, I mean, obviously these guys coming out are going to give you much better, uh, opportunities than a Hollywood Brown, and obviously, you know, you make your moves accordingly. Uh, just looking at the at the wide receiver market in terms of free agents, it's 
there's really not a ton out there. I mean, we talked about a couple of guys, you know, if Pittman and Higgins get franchised, you're basically down to uh, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Hollywood, uh, Gabe Davis, Darnell Moon. I mean, these aren't exactly guys that are going to break the bank. KJ Osborne, Curtis Samuel. I mean, there's a bunch more, but those are kind of the guys that I looked at and said, well, these, these guys are going to get some attention, but they're, I don't think any of them are going to break the bank. Maybe Evans gets a decent contract just because he's been a top five receiver. It seems like since he came into the league and just nobody, really, you know, he's not always, he's always mentioned, but no matter who the quarterback has been there, his production has always been. So he, he's still, I think a valuable commodity, but these other guys, it's a crapshoot. Brown, Samuel, Gabe Davis, Mooney, KJ Osborne. You don't know what you're going to get. Ridley, you thought was going to be great in Jacksonville, and here we are again. He's a he's a uh, he's a free agent. So, but I think um, there'll be a couple of cap casualties, especially with the Chargers. Oh, absolutely. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams will definitely be cap casualties. With really, with, you think? Both? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think with Harbaugh coming in there. I think he's going to clean house a little bit. I mean, I don't think Eckler is going to be back. I don't think Khalil Mack is going to be back. Bosa, yeah, I was going to say yeah, Bosa and Mack. Huge, I, I think Bosa might member. restructure just because I think he might want to keep him around. But I think that guys like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams is Mike Williams is definitely gone. I think here's he'll a, clean house. <laughs> here's, a talk, here's a talk radio topic for you, Alex. Joey Bosa coming from Ohio State, and you got uh, – Jim Harbaugh coming in as head coach. Does that does that figure into it? I don't think he cares. I mean, I don't <laughs> think both guys care. They just want to win. I mean, knowing that Bosa is kind of a guy that Hold on. He gives got, it all I've, he's got. I've, and Harbaugh. I've, got, I've got like a bunch of Columbus numbers coming up on the on the call sheet here. Well, no, I'm just I mean, kidding. We don't we don't take calls. So, yeah. Again, Khalil Mack is gonna be <laughs> Khalil Mack is gonna be a tough one. Like I, I think to keep him around, even though he had a, a very good year, uh, there were some games that he just, I mean, he just, well, he had one game where he had like six sacks low. I mean, that was yeah, incredible. These are, yeah, these are, I mean, unofficial, but I think if they were to, if they dumped Bosa, it would be like 22-something in dead money. They'd be carrying uh, Mac is like 15-plus. Uh, the cap savings you know, for Bosa, like around 14, Mac 23. So, yeah, they've got some decisions to make. Mike Williams, you know, again, more 12 points some in terms of dead money. And I didn't throw – I thought for sure that uh, uh, Keenan Allen would be safe just because of his overall consistency. Uh, where these other guys, it had, like you said, you know, has been hit and miss. And I don't know if they're – they're definitely, I guess, talent-wise, worth the money, but availability isn't always great. So, yeah, some some interesting ones there, absolutely. Here's the thing that you mentioned. You said that you have, like, what, how many, 14, 15 guys in the first two rounds as far as wide receiver talent is concerned? Guys that I'm, I'm just, I just, I just started write, I, I just writing think some that... names down of guys that I watched this year and said, uh, you know, I like these guys, and it just, it just keeps going. That's why I think that there will be plenty of guys on day two that will be worthy of like a late first pick, but they will drop, and you can get a bargain. I mean, you always get bargains like on, on day two. Those day two wide receivers always outplay the first round guys. It's just – it's a fact. I mean, just look it up. Numbers back it up. Maybe it's the pressure of being the number one overall pick, but these guys that deserve to get – you know drafted a lot higher drop because they're four six guys but they're crafty route runners they can get open you know they've got sure hands but the fact that they're so-called slow which doesn't play uh, you know a role in the nfl you have to be more quick and not you don't want to be fast i mean not everybody is you know is uh, you know like whatever martin Hollywood Brown, who, who can't stay healthy and can't do anything out there. I just I feel like this is the reason why some of these wide receivers are going to be casualties because this is a deep draft as far as wide receivers are concerned. And there are maybe going to be like five or six guys that go in the first round. There's going to be a few more guys that 
that rise because they're going to have a great combine. They're going to test well. They're going to show off their speed, athleticism. And the NFL personnel guys always fall in love with that. Well, the GM guys or, you know, the higher-ups that, that go to the scouting combine, they're like, I want that guy because he runs a, a 4-2. And then his scout says, he can't catch anything. And we don't care. We'll teach him how to catch. And it's like, you know, it's, it's always the same thing like every year. So um, I just think because of that, the deep market of wide receivers available in this year's draft, I think that's going to cause yeah. some of the guys like Keenan Allen to to get cut because you, you can find guys on day two. Yeah, I think I don't know that it goes that way, but I think eventually just because, again, these the cycles that eventually because of the depth and how many kids would rather play wide receiver. And it's it's simple mathematics. You look at right now the tag for a running back is 12 million and that's sinking like a stone the tag for a wide receiver is 21.6 and that seems to be rising every year so you know where would you rather play <laughs> it just it's obvious so but then at a certain point the market is going to get saturated and it'll start to, it'll start to kind of change a little bit where teams will be looking at well hell why do we need to look at I mean, the the Chiefs have won the last two Super Bowls. Now, again, I'm going to get accused of being a homer, but I'm just using you this are. example. You are. They don't have – they their wide receiver room makes less than some of these guys – than one guy makes in a year. And they won the Super Bowl two years in a row. So, And you've got these college guys that, you like you said, Alex, you can get in the second and third round. That's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than paying somebody that you know – you're rolling the dice on in free agency and it, we keep using Hollywood Brown and we'll use them again. So a uh, couple more, couple more free agents I wanted to hit before, before we look at some more uh, potential cuts, um, some names that we, we talked briefly about Kirk cousins, but you know, we'll see where that, how, where that goes. But a couple of guys that I thought were interesting, Daniil Hunter, I think he's still got gas in the tank. He can still rush the passer, uh, 29, maybe 30 as the season starts. But, I mean, obviously still, you know, a productive player. Uh, another inside guy, DJ Reader. Again, he's hit 30. That's kind of like the magic number. Uh, so that that's another guy that you're going to see maybe gets, gets some decent coin. Uh, Tyron Smith, I don't know. You know, I mean, he, his best place is going to be with Dallas. So many injuries, 33 years old, but still left tackles. There's not a lot of them out there. And somebody's going to think that, you know, hey, this will be the year that he's healthy. Uh, and then Baker. We haven't mentioned Baker. Uh, you know, if they tag him, it's like $36 million, which for Tampa, that would be like a bargain for a start. Starting quarterback, hell, Daniel Jones is getting 40. You can get away with Baker for another year for 36. Seems like a no-brainer to me. I don't think the Bucks are going to be able to get away with it because no. the way he played this past year, somebody's going to offer him like at least a three-year contract. No, I'm All saying right? tag. I'm saying tag him. I don't think they're going to. I, I think they're going to try to get that extension. They're going to try to work it out with well, them. Well, sure, like but, the tag, but the tag is still in their pocket, right? Oh, we didn't mention Antoine Winfield Jr., <laughs> so so they, they might be using the tag on him. But if for some reason or another they, they decide not to, they'll have it in their pocket for Baker. But, yeah, I would imagine they want – certainly the goal is for any – especially the teams – is the long-term deal because you can kind of manipulate the, the, the cap number and the charges and the guaranteed money, all that stuff can be fooled around with. Whereas if it's the tag, now you're stuck. That's it's just that number all in one year. No, no messing around. I mean, you can't change that. So, but you know, there he is Baker sitting here. We thought, I thought at least he'd be calling big 12 games. And now he's uh, looking at a long-term extension. Good for you, Baker. Way to go. That's you, you got to pull for him now, Lou. I mean, you yeah. got to pull for him. So he plays until he's 40. 
All right, I he do. seems like he's uh, he, he looks like he's rejuvenated. I he's mean, I watched mat- like he's he's matured. You hear him on interviews. He's got a whole different outlook on things. Uh, yeah, some people just aren't ready for the moment right when it's thrust upon them. Um, and he learned the hard way and now he's he's coming back. That's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, he's going to play for the next 15 years. He's going to outlast all those guys that he was drafted with. And maybe, maybe Pioli was right. Eh? Drafting him number one overall. I mean, probably not. Should have gone with Josh Allen, I guess. But it's okay. I mean, it's uh, it's close enough. I mean, he's resurrected his career a lot better than my guy, Sam Darnold. So. Eh. <laughs> I guess there's still time. You never know. Anybody, uh, anybody that you're thinking might be a sleeper free agent or somebody that we haven't mentioned that uh, has a chance to kind of go and be productive somewhere? I mean, does that count, like, who we think might get cut or uh, at this point? Like, who might be a surprise? Like, are we... I guess the guys are already free agents because we don't know that these guys will be available. We'll talk about the cuts a little bit more in a minute. I think we – I don't know. I think we've mentioned like – maybe – okay, I'll, I'll throw out what name. I think maybe Ryan Tannehill, Low. I think somebody okay. might take a chance on Tannehill for a year to not even be a starting quarterback but be a backup to some young guy. But I think Tannehill will start next year. I'm not saying he's going to like resurrect his career, but I think if he goes to the right team – you'll be able to help that team and you'll probably start a number of games. And then we're going to look at it like, Hey, this guy still has something left in the tank. So I think Ryan Tannehill might be a much better option than say Joe Flacco. He might be a better option than I'm not saying Kirk cousins, but I think he would be like a a very good bargaining chip for those little young, a little younger. Yeah. I I just think he would be like a very good veteran option for somebody. Yeah. Who, who is looking uh, connect, for like a backup quarterback. You connect the dots and Arthur Smith, now the OC in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's kind of a quarterback needy team where I hear what you're saying as far as veteran backup, but I think he, he goes in there. He's If they don't you know, go for a bigger fish, if you would, like a Russell Wilson, if he becomes available and, and Denver agrees to pay most most of the freight, uh, Ryan Tannehill's probably not a plan, bad plan B, right? I think that's a very good choice. And, and I want to also see what happens with, you know, the obviously like Kenny Pickett is there, but I want to see what happens with Mason Rudolph because, I mean, he played well down the stretch for the Pittsburgh Steelers and they got into the playoffs. I'm not saying that Mason Rudolph is, is a great starter, but I think at this point he might be a better option than Kenny Pickett. So I want to see what happens there. If if Rudolph leaves, then Tannehill comes in, and he can certainly outplay, like, Kenny Pickett uh, really quickly just because, like you mentioned, he knows the system. And, you know, Arthur Smith has won a lot of games with them when he was with the Titans. So, yeah, that that's another interesting situation to keep an eye on there. All right, right at the top of the potential cuts list, this will cut near and dear to your heart, Alec for the Cleveland Browns, the case of one Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean, the, this one is... his, like, second second or third, at least one AC. Yeah, do you have two ACLs at Georgia? At least one. So this is his second one minimum. Uh, it's a 11, like a, almost a $12 million cap savings if they were to release him. Only four million in dead money. It's unfortunate because he's one of my favorite players just in the NFL period. But I think that's an easy one just because of the multiple injuries in college and in the NFL. He's coming off the ACL injury. I uh, just I'm it, it looks like a logical easy, choice. Alex. What's that? <laughs> I'm all about easy. Yeah, it's just it, you know he is he's going to get a chance to prove himself somewhere again, but I, I'm not sure he's got anything left. Like he's probably going to be like a backup running back for somebody, a guy that can 
take on some carries like in the red zone around the goal line i just i don't have high hopes for nick chubb it's unfortunate dude's dude's a machine well again he may go the route of zeke you know i mean everybody it seemed like he was obviously was written off in dallas um not that, you know, the, the New England Patriots were an offensive juggernaut, but he seemed to have a little bit more juice than we expected him to have. And Nick Chubb just seems like a, a, a very exceptional human being that, you know, will defy the odds. Not that he's going to come back and light up the league or be the player that he's been. But, uh, yeah, I think he could certainly help somebody out. Um, well, we talked about Russell Wilson. That's, you know, that's to me is almost a foregone conclusion, but again, you hear Sean Payton and he may have started lying season when during Super Bowl week, he kept saying how he has a great relationship with Russ and uh, Russ wants to come back. Although he's got his, his home in Denver up for sale. So I, who knows who's telling the truth. They're all lying. Right. Uh, uh, How about an interesting one to me might be like David Bakhtiari, who seems like every year, it's like, well, he's, you know, he's, he'll be back in you know, a couple of weeks, a couple more, more weeks. And then I, he's done for the year. And he just is, I don't, I can't remember the last time he actually played a football game, but I think he's just got a year left on his deal and they could save like, I don't know, like 20 some million dollars uh, this year, but they'd be carrying another 19 uh, in dead money forward. But th- that's certainly one that, uh, that could go. I think Another that's an back. easy one. Honestly, I think yeah. that's an easy yeah. one. Honestly, his, yeah. I, I don't think the guy has played in the last five years. I right? can't recall. I mean, it just seems like every year they talk about him being almost ready. And then the, the season ends is like, well, geez, did he ever play? And no, not so much. Here's one. And again, the running backs. And I don't know what the hell, you know, what New Orleans does. They're constantly pushing money for but alvin kamara you know i mean i don't know what's happening with that where they are i mean are are they good are they not good are they rebuilding or they I, i don't know what that team is anymore and here's a guy that's been you know amazing for them all these years really they don't have much to show for all his production that he's put in but uh yeah, there he is. I mean, that that could be one that you look at and kind of scratch your head. But again, in this kind of depressed running back market, maybe he gets his name gets thrown out there. I think it should just because of the simple fact that the Saints are like over eighty-two million over the cap. Well, they got to be able to save money somewhere. They have to be able to to cut some players out there, and this seems like a logical choice because I think like Kamara is. He showed signs last year that he's cooked as an NFL running back. I mean, as far as like rushing totals, I thought he was, he he didn't look like the same player to me. That's all, especially on the ground. He's still a guy that can come in as a third down back, catch a lot of passes, be productive, uh, you know, as coming out of the backfield or lining up in the slot. But as far as a full-time running back, I don't think this guy can carry the load anymore. I just, I thought I saw signs of him slowing down in in 2023. This is one of the most intriguing ones that, I mean, to me is, you know, they bring in uh, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, you've got, you know, three really good receivers. Tyler Lockett is the oldest of that crew. Um, I think they would save like $7 million against the cap. Decent sized dead money moving forward. I think almost close to $20 million, but it seems like, again, new regime moving in, you know, younger and younger players. Tyler Lockett, I, the guy just, I mean, just every year just keeps producing, even, you know, with the quarterback change and everything else. Uh, it seemed like he and Russ had that moon ball like 50 yards downfield, at least, you know, every two or three games, they're hitting one of those. Uh, he seems like an intriguing one that you got to look out for. Uh, probably, probably, just because they, you know they've got DK, and then you mentioned that they got JSM, and 
Yeah. Um, just... SDD Eskridge, they, they drafted him out of one of the directional Michigan schools. I don't know if it was Central, Western. Western, I think it was Western. Western. okay. <laughs> Did they all come from there? Did Antonio Brown, was he a, Antonio Brown, Sky Moore, like all these guys, they come from Western Michigan. No, but, Antonio uh, Brown was from Central Michigan. Was he Central? Yeah, I get that. Again, you Central. start throwing those directions in there, Alex. I get confused with all those schools, but uh, somewhere in Michigan. But yeah, I mean, here, here's a guy that certainly could could still be productive, but not you know be a number two. Maybe he'd be like a number three receiver somewhere where he'd be a great number three receiver somewhere. And I can think of you know coming home, right? He's he's a legacy. His Don't dad, you think like. Don't His you think dad, it's... Kevin Lockett, played for the Chiefs, went to K-State. Come on. <laughs> it always comes back to the Chiefs. It, Unbelievable. Yes. It's like yes, every sir. little point has to do with that. <laughs> Kevin Lockett was actually not a very good player in the NFL. He was a much better player. Like, but he did play for the State. Chiefs. He also went to K-State, and he was, he was Tyler's dad. Tyler so Lockett is a much better player than his dad. Would turn Absolutely. Out yeah, no question. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Let's bring him along. He's a legacy, okay? It's almost like it's been – it's in the stone. It, by it's the way, it's, when it's are, in the cards. By the way, when are the Saints going to cut Michael Thomas? I mean, they can save themselves a lot of money. It's time. It's He hasn't been – he hasn't I, been a player in the last three or four years. Well, the same, I mean, like I said, we're, we're talking about Kamara. I don't know what the hell. They're, I mean, it just seems like everything they do is like counterintuitive, but somehow they get it to work every year in terms of the cap. Now it hasn't, you know, produced much outside of you know when they had Drew Brees and they, you know, they won a Super Bowl. Okay, they were in the playoffs a lot, but you know, since then, and even at the end of his career as he got older. They've just kind of been a fair to middling team in that division. Uh, they seem to have Tampa's number, but it's not like they're making the playoffs and winning games. So at a certain point, I think Mickey Loomis has just got, you know what, we need to kind of adjust what we're doing here, really like draft and develop. Let's kind of clear the slate, figure this out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's uh, that's a mystery. I didn't have him on my list, but uh, that certainly would be one. Yeah, I also I mean, think you got... like that the Darren Waller. I mean, he was a complete flop with the Giants this year. Daniel Jones getting injured. Yeah, I think that's he, more he wasn't the quarterback a piece of it. Yeah, but still, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. That's a look. that's a tough one. I mean, he's got all the physical talent in the world. You've seen him be able to do it, you know, for a game here, game there, but uh, never on a consistent basis. Um, the only other ones I wanted to bring up, Alex, were a couple of guys for the for the Eagles in uh, Kevin Byard that they just traded for last year. But he's going to be like a $13 million cap savings if they let him go and a very small, I think, like just over a million in dead money. And Hassan Reddick, whose name came up in you know, requesting a trade or whatever, I think he's got uh, uh, one year left on his deal. So hard hard to see where they're going with their deep but again now you got Fangio coming in maybe maybe they kind of rekindle him I don't know but it seemed like he was pretty productive once he got to Philly I think Reddick is probably a goner because I mean when you start to hear those things that means he wants out he just he, he don't he doesn't want none of it as far as what the Eagles are offering and uh, I think it would be tough to cut Kevin Byard just because when you trade for a guy like that, like whether it's before the season or midseason, you're giving up draft picks. That means you had a future in mind. Like you saw that player in your system. Uh, now, obviously, you're bringing in a new defensive coordinator, but it's tough. I mean, Bayard is one of those guys that always forced fumbles, interceptions. He was a difference maker at the safety position. I just think it's going to be tough to get rid of him. I mean, you're talking about like a stalwart in the secondary, and that's where the Eagles struggled this year. So uh, that would that would be a, an interesting move if it happens. I, I just doubt it. I think Reddick is more of a safe bet that it's going to happen, but I think they're going to trade him because he's still you know a valuable commodity, and someone is going to. You know, be like, okay, I'm going to give like a third or a fourth round pick for him. 
All right, gang. So that's our, our first gloss at uh, free agency, if you would, the combine uh, in Indianapolis uh, coming up next week. I believe uh, it starts on the 29th. So a week from tomorrow as we record on Wednesday. So a week from Thursday, uh, they'll be on the field Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, I guarantee you on next week's show, Alex will have a few names that will surprise you. And then we'll shock you when you see them come on the field and do exactly what he says they're going to do. Right, Alex? You, you got this, right? You know how much I love the scouting combine, Lou. I, I favorite, just, uh, favorite event. Favorite it's my event on favorite the NFL schedule. event on the NFL schedule. I look forward to it. Even when, even when my team is playing in the Super Bowl, all I can think about is the scouting combine and how those guys are going to do running with those shorts on. It's just it's my favorite thing in the world. And I, I can bet you one thing. There's going to be a wide receiver that goes in the top 10 that can't catch the ball, but because he's going to run a 4-3, he's going to be the number one wide receiver taken. Well, probably not. Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the number one wide receiver taken. But the, the second guy is definitely going to be a 4-3 guy. Okay? So next, he's so next go week we'll 10. try it. Yeah, we'll try to predict who it is. My early money would be on Tez Walker from North Carolina, but you know that's just that's just me and today. But next I don't week, know. That, neighbors, that's all going to change. Neighbors is pretty fast, low, and I mean no, I'm he's... talking about a guy that would shoot. I mean, I think Neighbors is already like a top ten guy, but Tez Walker is a guy that you really don't know much. Of, I don't want to say no much about that. You saw some production at North Carolina. Obviously, his situation with the NCAA, well documented. Whatever, had a, a very, had a bad week. I mean, there's no way to no way to sugarcoat it. Had a bad week at the Senior Bowl, from what I saw in the you know in the practices in games. I don't know how he was in the in the interview process, but the guy was a pretty damn good player for Drake May and, and catching some balls and scoring touchdowns. I mean, he was a pretty consistent guy. So whatever happened at the Senior Bowl, I don't know what the what was going on, but I'm sure those interviews are going to be pretty pointed uh, at the combine and then moving forward in those top 30 visits. But he's a guy that could run extremely fast. And now all of a sudden you're thinking maybe he's in the 20s and 30s, maybe even top of the second round. He could be that candidate for the guy that runs, you know, four two nine, and everybody says, okay, here we go. Top 10. I'm going to give you That's a name. That's my prediction, Alex. Come on. I'm going to give you a name next week, a wide receiver yes. that's going to go in the top 15 or top 20 that nobody is thinking has a chance right now. Okay, Lou? Because he's going right. to run really, really fast. And we've seen it. We saw John I, yeah, Ross go. We we saw John Ross being drafted number ninth overall. We yeah. saw Henry Ruggs go 12th overall. We saw for old school people, Troy Williamson. Go to the Vikings with the seventh overall pick. I guarantee you some GM, some team is going to fall in kid, love with the Who was the team. kid from, from Maryland that went to Oakland? Uh, that was, was like one of Al, Al Davis's last picks. He had a, like a double name, didn't he? It was yeah. Hayward Bay. Hayward, Hayward, Hayward Bay. Bay. Yeah. Hayward Bay, yeah. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was a good player at Maryland, but he ran – Whatever, four two something or four three something, and you know, Al, let's go. So, all right, gang, that is going to do it for us this week. We are excited for next week. If you, if you can't tell already, uh, Alex may have been being a little sarcastic about the underwear Olympics, but that's just me. So, for my friend Alex, I'm Lou. Till next time. Peace.